I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Boom, we are back. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Welcome back to the Coach HP Show. The number one positivity podcast show, whatever you want to call it on earth right now. It's number one. Probably one, two, three, four, five, but number one for sure. Slanging positivity 24-7. While speaking the truth, while saying how it is, there's a way to find positivity in everything. And if there's positivity, that's where we'll be. Today's episode. I am so excited for today's episode. I didn't know this episode was going to be that good. But you get surprised a lot of times, and this one was completely awesome. I coached this kid when he was probably 12, 13 years old. No idea how passionate he was about baseball. No idea how intuitive he is to himself, how he understands vulnerability. No idea. I didn't know. He was super cool. I didn't know that he loved to mess around in the dugout with the teammates. That was awesome. But I had no idea until I had this conversation with him that you're about to hear. How he opened up about issues with his weight. How he opened up about his attitude. He opened up about becoming, I think it's a delusional optimist. And you're talking to the positivity king. So, you know, that's all up in my alley. All up in my alley. Love the fact that, listen, when your dad's the CEO of Netflix, you can you got some pull. And this dude came out of nowhere, told his dad, I want to start ground level. I want to start from the bottom. I want to learn this business. I'm, I'm really liking the editing world and how he approached Adam Sandler, part of the Happy Mason Happy Madison, Happy Madison production. So many good qualities, so many things that I love to see. I love to see it from a kid that I used to coach, and I love to see it from a 24-year-old now, which is very hard to be a 24-year-old nowadays in Beverly Hills when your dad is in a position that he is. So I cannot be so proud of Tony, Tony T, so proud of him. I'm proud of his attitude with himself, I'm proud of his mindset, and I'm super proud of his self-awareness. This episode has all those ingredients. This episode talks about the importance of sports, the important, and I say this all the time, of how to live life after sports, live life after sports. I've always said it. They don't treat us athletes like thoroughbreds, at least thoroughbreds. When they're done, they get put out to stud. They got a great life. No, no, we're greyhounds. We're literally fighting for our lives, fighting for our lives, and then it's good luck, and we're we're back to we're here. We're back in the real world here, stuck. I have no idea what to do. So that's why we got to support these kids. We got to encourage them. Really, really happy with this episode. I'm happy with the conversation, everything, everything. So without further delay, in today's episode of the Coach HP Show, we have none other than the editor, from Happy Madison, Netflix, Searchlight, ex-baseball player, all-around great dude, my man, Tony Sarandos. Let's get into it. Let's go. Two, one, boom. 
Tony T, man. Tony T. Dude, I have not seen you in, I almost think, 20 years, bro. It's got to be something near that. <laughs> when was the last? Well, before we get into that, dude, explain to the people who you are, where you're from, what are you doing? Talk to them. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Tony Sarandos. I'm from L.A., originally Arizona. Uh, played baseball for a bit. Now I'm a filmmaker, artist, all that. I love it, dude. Yeah. When was the last time you picked up a baseball, bro? Oh, it had to be in high school. Yeah? Yeah, I, I, was, I played for 13 years, and then um, and then I messed my shoulder up real bad. <laughs> How'd you mess it up, throwing? Throwing, yeah. I, I tore my labrum and my rotator cuff in my right shoulder. Damn, bro. Did yeah. you play? So I remember Justin was on your was kind of in your team. Justin should get him and Stevie Dunn for sure. Yeah, I played with Stevie for a couple seasons. Was Andreas too, or he was older? Uh, I think he was older. He was older, huh? Yeah. Bro, I just remember you on the baseball field fucking around. Like, I, I just, you're just a guy that's just having a good time, bro. Is that's that how you it. recall it or no? Yeah, yeah, I loved it, man. I mean, that was, that was my second home. <laughs> Dude, and what was your best position was what, pitcher? Um, First base. First base. Yeah. So that means you hit a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, fourth on the lineup most of the time. <laughs> Dude, did you do the baseball central thing? Did you take classes there? Or where'd you go to? Do you do lessons oh, at all? I, I didn't do any of that. I just played little league. I just literally played my way up 13 years up until high school until my shoulder got jacked up. Damn, bro. So did you think, Tony, that you'd play high, I mean, college at all? Was that on your radar it, or not? It honestly was. Yeah. I was planning on playing college ball. Um, and then I kind of feel like my whole life kind of shattered almost when that injury happened because I did physical therapy for a year. I went back the next season and just couldn't throw right. Just Dude, talk work. to me, man. Talk to me. When that's happening to you, bro, are you like, what the fuck's going on with my life? Like, what's going on? Like, what, what were you telling yourself, man? Yeah, I mean, I just I felt lost, honestly. I, I had no idea where I was going. I had no idea what I was going to do. Yeah, I, I, this is something that I've been putting my effort towards, all my energy towards for 13 years of my life, like con consistently. And then, uh, you know, seemingly overnight, that completely got thrown out the window. Um, I mean, I tried saying positive. You know, you can only be as positive as you can in a situation like that. But uh, yeah, I'm just kind of freaking out. I'm like, what? What's like? I'm a very purposeful guy, and like, if I'm not doing anything, I've, I'm kind of fr I freak out. <laughs> And, like, I had no idea what to do after that. So I was just like, ah. Oh. Baseball. Now, baseball, was that Pops' thing? Is that he the one that taught you to play? Uh, honestly, no. He, I mean, he played catch with his brother. His his younger brother was honestly, that was his thing. And he just wanted me in sports as a kid. And uh, I just, I hung, I caught up on baseball, and that was, that was my thing. Do you play any other sports or no? Yeah, I played soccer for a couple years and then football as well in high school. How was it, bro, going to Beverly Hills High, man? How was that experience? Uh, Pre-injury or post-injury? Pre-injury. <laughs> Pre-injury. Uh, I loved it. I mean, I, I had a great time. I had teammates. I, you know, I look forward to something every single day. That kind of changed post-injury for about right. a year. And then around my senior year is kind of when I figured out what I wanted to do, post-baseball stuff, and it got better. Talk to me about that. So you you started thinking about the film stuff. How did you get involved with that? Yeah, so my dad um, is in the industry. He's right now the CCO and co-CEO of Netflix. The beast, and huh? What a beast, huh, Pops? Not, not too bad, huh? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> and listen, I got to give Pops credit, bro. He was always at all your games, bro. Yes, right there I, behind the dugout, just right there supporting. No matter, no matter how busy he was, he always made sure to be at those games. Dude, um, let me ask, since you great. brought that up, yeah. obviously, as you growing up, you remember Netflix when it was the male disc and yeah. all that stuff, man. <laughs> what have you learned seeing Pops go through pretty much, man, nobody can say anything bad about Netflix. Yeah. You know, <laughs> other than they're not accepting my film, you know, other right? than that, right? <laughs> yeah. What have you learned, bro, being so close to the fire like that, man? Uh, I mean, it, it's pretty... It's pretty inspirational, to be honest. Like, 
my dad, you know, grew up in not a super well-off family and he just focused on his career and his job. And he got this amazing opportunity back in, you know, 2000 or whenever it started. And, you know, he's here where he is now, thanks to his hard work and determination, you know, it's that's uh, awesome. Bro. Yeah. So when you go into the film world, is that because he had encouraged you that what did, what advice did he give you when you were taking that move? Uh, he, he actually didn't push me to it. I, I've always been interested in movies. I love movies. Jurassic Park was my favorite one. The original, um, among others. All right. Hold on one second. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Jurassic Park. There's yeah. nothing like the first one, right? Because the other one's a little bit off, right? The the newer ones are, are off like that. Definitely. There's, I mean, just technically thinking about it, it's phenomenal what they did for the first one. Right. Right. I'm too. And Tony, so that means, are you more like an action film guy, sci-fi kind of thing, or what's your deal? So action, sci-fi, anything that's not real, I really enjoy. Because at film school, it kind of ruined my perspective of any other type of movie. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm a trained editor, so like every time I watch a movie, I'm looking for those cuts. And if there's a bad cut, it ruins my experience the, for the almost the whole movie. <laughs> no way, dude. Well, that's yeah. awesome, man. So you learn how to edit on what? Like Adobe? Is that what you do? Uh, I've, I'm self-taught on, um, what's it called? Um, iMovie. And then I, that's what I started on, you know, the free software that comes with your Macs. Uh, and then I did Final Cut and then Adobe. And now I'm on Avid and um, and some, some other one for, like, color grading stuff. Is that, like, on some genius level stuff, man? It's a... Uh, it's another language, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same people that are good with numbers. Like, I don't I don't understand that, but they don't understand editing. You know, it's, it trades. <laughs> Dude, people don't understand how hard editing is. Tony, when I started making content, bro, everybody promised me that they would help me edit and stuff like that. Everybody <laughs> sold me out, dude, and I had to take my positive self to the Apple store yeah. twice a week for <laughs> two months to learn out iMovie, bro. Yeah. And I'm still on iMovie, man. I, hey, hey I, it gets a job done. It does. It does. And it's yeah. quick. And, and, you know, it's not as it's not as sharp as the other one. But, bro, it gets the job done. That's what I say. I mean, people will be like, you know, what equipment do I need? I'm like, you just need an iPhone and iMovie. And that's that's true, man. That is true. That is true. You can make a movie. <laughs> that is true. So when you start, okay, so Pops didn't push you there. So you're like, okay, I'm, I, I like these movies. What made you take the leap? Um. I, I mean, it was coming up on my senior year in high school, so I really had to evaluate evaluate with like what I wanted to do, what I wanted to go to college for. Uh, I'm a first-gen in my family. My dad didn't go to college. My older sister didn't. So I, I'm the first one to go to it. So not only the pressure of kind of figuring out what I want to do in my life, but the pressure of being a first-gen in college was also on me. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm I'm like, I don't want to go to college. There's no reason to. Like, I, I'm good at what I do already. What's it going to do for me? And um, I only applied to one school, and it was Chapman University down in Orange. And uh, I, I got in. <laughs> no way. Yeah, directly into the film program, which is really hard down there, which is cool. What did you did? Did it help you to go to film school? Um, I would say learning the the software and the technique can only be learned through practice and that's the only way you get better at it. Right. Um, but the connections and memories that I made down there, you know, that that's worth it hundred percent. So you getting into the movie, the movie world, do you start off as an editor? Is that what you do? Yeah. So when I first wanted to start getting into movies, I, I started making YouTube videos with my friends in high school that weren't involved on the sports stuff. Nice. And, you know, the same with them. Their favorite movies were all these visual effects, heavy action movies like Michael Bay stuff. And uh, we're like, we want to figure out how to do that. So a bunch of them went through like the visual effects route of, you know, making fake explosions and blowing up cars and all that stuff. And so we just started doing short movies like, you know, Mario in real life or the evolution of video games, stuff like that, because we're all big video game players as well. And um, our YouTube channel ended up getting, I think, like 104,000 subscribers. No way, bro. Uh, it got featured on the front page of Yahoo in Japan. Nice. Um, and that was like, okay, maybe I want to do this. You know, like, this is fun. I enjoy doing it. And you know what they say, like, you know, if you enjoy your work, you're not going to work a day. Like, it, a thousand percent, bro. You mentioned yeah. video games. You an Xbox guy, PS, PlayStation? Um, I what started do you on Xbox. 
I got a PlayStation. I have a ton of respect for both. I consider them just like casual gamers, like casual consoles. You just sit on the couch to play a game. Uh, I also play games on my computer now because uh, luckily with editors, a uh, good editing system is also a good gaming system. <laughs> so you play a keyboard mouse kind of thing? Yeah. Tony, that means you're serious, bro. Make, I make it worth it. You do a Twitch? Yeah, yeah. No way, dude. Okay, what do you play on Twitch? Uh, I mean, I used to play Fortnite, but that game is kind of dead now. I, I'm a variety streamer, so like, I'll just find small, you know, low-budget games and just buy them and then play them and just talk to the chat and everything. What do you think about that new Vice City, man? I'm not Vice City, the new Grand Theft Auto with the talking and all that stuff. What do you think of that oh, one? The, the, the virtual one. Yeah. I uh, I actually tried it. It's pretty fun, but some people take it way too seriously, and I, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people. I've heard some relations got them broken up, bro, because oh, the guy yeah, was yeah, talking yeah. to hookers. Yeah, <laughs> and you have to do like a whole application to be able to get on the servers and everything. Like, it, it's the real deal. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Yeah. So when you so you start doing YouTube, yeah. For a lot of people, YouTube is. Is almost the end all be all because bro, if YouTube is legit now, right? Yeah. What what do you do next after you're like, okay, we're popping there. What 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 do you do after? Yeah, so we're popping on YouTube, and this is around the time when like I don't know, like Smosh was like the biggest channel on YouTube. It was before PewDiePie and all those guys. Um, so we're getting invited to like the YouTube space in LA for events and everything is really nice. cool. I'm like, I want to do this, but they don't offer anything like this in college. So like maybe I'm gonna ask my dad, like hey, can I follow you onto sets? Or like whenever you go visit a set, can I follow along and just shadow you? What like, a hustler move, man. I respect that, Tony. Yeah. I respect that, dude. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, of course. Come with me, come with me. So we you know, go to some of the sets on the lot. Um, he introduces me to people. They bring me into a post-production room. I see this guy cutting, and I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Like I, I you know, do that for my YouTube videos, but that's such a micro scale, and this guy's doing it on such a macro level. Like I, I'm so curious of the process, and I ended up sitting there for three hours watching this guy cut a television show. No way, bro. Yeah, just like a fly on the wall, and I was mesmerized by it. Damn. Yeah. That stuff is crazy because few people understand that, man. When you're pushed by passion, it's just you could do that for three hours, 30 hours, bro. Yeah. What do you bring to the table as an editor that another guy doesn't? Is it your your timing? What is it? Um, I mean, I also in, in high school and every, not in high school, but in, in grade school, I played, um, the sousaphone, the tuba. So I had really good knowledge of like rhythm and staying on time for things. Um, and also reading music is a huge plus. And when it comes to editing, the best advice that you could give someone is learn how to play the drums. If you could stay on beat and get that timing down, it helps immensely. So you mentioned there the tuba, right? I yeah. am. I was third chair cornet, okay, okay. At, the, at the symphonic band in middle <laughs> school, Tony T. Till I got braces and they shut me down. I would, <laughs> I would only play. I would only get to first chair when the first two chairs were wouldn't would forget their music or get in trouble. Then they put me first chair, but I sucked, bro. How they, good they were you at the tuba? First chair as soon as the uh, the older guy above <laughs> me graduated. Granted, you, I was the only other person playing the tuba, so the, there were no other chairs. <laughs> dude, that you gotta respect the tuba, bro. It's big and stuff like yeah. that, man. The yeah. mouthpiece, you have to spit out the spit thing. That thing's crazy, it, dude. It was a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you read music, huh? Yeah, I mean bass clef, but like I haven't I haven't had to read music in so long. <laughs> dude, so you get with your boys, you go on the, the lot with pops, you're like, I can do this, I like this. Then what do you do? Uh, then I, I go off to college, you know, I'm, I'm in the film program. I applied as undeclared because I didn't know specifically what you want to do. And at Chapman, they do film production and then you have to pick an emphasis after your first year or two. And the emphasis are like screenwriting, cinematography, um, I don't know, acting, directing, editing, um, and like set dressing or something like that. Mm hmm and before you do that, all the prereqs for all your other classes you have to take, you have to take the introduction course to every single one of those classes. So I took a directing class, took an acting class, cinematography, all that stuff. Such a drag, all of them, just because I already knew what I wanted to do. But right. it's, it's just through the system that you have to go. And then the second I took that editing one class, loved it. I looked forward to that class every single day. 
it was great. That is awesome. So game over. So you do that. You graduate. What's your first gig after graduating? So throughout college during the summers, I would work at Happy Madison, Adam Sandler's production company. Um, and it so happened to be when they signed their first deal with Netflix where they had a four movie deal with them. I signed on for three of those four movies to work on. Um, Look at you, bro. Yeah. During, during the summer, because I ended up meeting him on one of the sets and just talking to him about everything. Like, hey, I'm in college film production, editing. Um, I'm looking for summer internships. Like if you know of any, like it'd be awesome. And he goes, yeah, man, absolutely. Come hang out with us during the summers. Like just, you know, shoot me a text whenever you're out of school and we'll, we'll have you over. Dude. Sweet. Perfect. So that, that's on the Sony lot, right? Uh, it started on the Sony lot. Yeah. And then they got their own space in Santa Monica and now in Pacific Palisades. So I'm going to tell you a funny story. So I got on King of Queens, right? Yeah, and when I'm on King of Queens, and I only got on it, Tony, because I gave baseball lessons to the creators, right? Kid, right. So I'm there, and coincidentally, the room next to me, Jackie Sandler, which is Adam's wife, yeah, we do. We have a scene together, mm-hmm. and it's me, her, Kevin James, Leah, and her boss or something, and, and I'm a server, and I go bacon wrap scallop. I'll never forget that. And I and I I'm asking them stuff, but I'll never forget Adam, like giving her a pep talk, like listen, babe, when I was when I first went on SNL, I was super nervous, and I did, and I was like, man, that's a good husband, huh? The guy was like, they're like really coaching, her. and few people know how cool of a guy Adam Sandler is, huh? Yeah, he is probably the most down to earth person I've ever met. Yeah, man, that is so yeah. cool. Once you do that, so now you're on the set. Now you're like, I'm now I'm in my vibe. You, you yeah. feel it, dude. What do you do after? Yeah, so I, I you know, graduate. Um, it's funny. I actually, so I graduated high school, traveled Europe with friends after graduation. Where in Europe? Uh, we went to England, Paris, just everywhere in France, uh, Amsterdam uh switzerland like everywhere we just traveled for three weeks what was your favorite place my favorite place had to be um well interlock in switzerland why there uh i'm a big nature dude i i, no I, mean, I have an affinity for nature i love going out and uh it it's the most beautiful place ever and we went in july so like the snow caps were melting so like all the rivers were going it was great nice man yeah everything was green it was beautiful Dude, so you do that, you come back. You do that, come back. Uh, I get a call from Adam saying, "Hey, we're in Savannah, Georgia, shooting the Do Over. Uh, why don't you come hang out on set and help out in the in Video Village?" I'm like, uh, "Sure, okay." And I start school two weeks later. My my first step into college life is two weeks later. So I went from traveling here for three weeks, home for three days. I fly across the country to Savannah, Georgia. I'm there nice. for two weeks. We have two weeks of straight night shoots, so six p.m. to six a.m. Wow! Uh, I think it was, I think we did like five days in a row. Then we took a day break, and then another five days. Wow! Stunts also mainly it was, was stunts, so it was really cool to see that. I was sitting in you know Video Village with the producers and the talent, and uh, phenomenal experience. I didn't do much then. It was my first time ever being on a professional set too, as like a, a hand, I guess. Right. And uh, then I went, explored college life. And then over the summers, I kept going back. I was doing more and more. The next production, I, uh, I helped with locations department. So I scouted out locations on, uh, on Sunset Boulevard. And, you know, you have to get all the meter numbers, all the business hours, contact all the business owners saying, hey, we're shooting here. This time, nice. this time, like, we'll compensate you for whatever. Had to do all that stuff. And then um, finally, my, my junior year, I I went in and they brought me into the post production office and I was a post production assistant where I was handling footage. The assistant editors would, you know, cut down the dailies and then they'd give them to me on a hard drive and I had to go onto the editor's computer and upload all the footage onto their beast and wow. just did that. And then, you know, I graduated and uh they they offered me a full time position with them. Which is pretty sweet. How long ago was this? Uh, I graduated last May, so just about a year. You're a baby, bro. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be 25 in September. <laughs> Tony, you could possibly be one of the greatest editors of all time, bro. That's the goal. I'm, I'm hoping to be great at it, and then once I conquer that, I'm going to go into directing. You want to go into directing? 
I mean, eventually I'm in no rush to do it. Like editing is my passion. Like I said, so like I figured once I, once I reach the highest level that I can, I want a new challenge. That's when I'll pick up directing because great, great directors are great editors and vice versa. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Who's your favorite director? My favorite director. I mean, it's funny. It would be Miyazaki. He's a, he's an animation editor for studio Ghibli in Japan. But um, what I what I enjoy most is great storytelling, and that's what he does, whether it be you know live action or animation. Damn, what's your favorite American director? Favorite American director? Yeah, um, that's a tough question, bro. Because you know I, you're I, big I time. Ask, what's your favorite movie? Now, what's your favorite director? Come on, bro. You're listen. I go. What's your favorite director? You mentioned Yokishabi, something from <laughs> Japan, bro. That's like only only serious people do that. I thought yeah. that was a Pokemon character or something. <laughs> Miyazaki, yeah. No. Um, I don't really have a favorite one. I mean, I love the Michael Bay movies. Right. I, I don't necessarily agree with him as a director in terms of his his you know style and his procedures, but his right. movies are fun, man. Like oh, what, I, what I was mentioning before, why I love like sci-fi action movies so much is because those are the only movies I could sit down and watch and just turn my brain off. Really. Yeah, those are the ones where I don't be. I'm not like, oh, that's a bad cut, and it ruins the movie for me. It's none of that. Are you a Star Wars guy? I am. Yeah, Lord of the Rings two or no? Yeah, all that. Favorite character in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> uh, honestly, Sauron. <laughs> Sauron, huh? Now, guy, yeah. Sauron is the bad guy, right? Yeah, dude. I'm a big. Uh... Here's a funny story, Tony. My whole life, I've wanted to be. Aragon, mm -hmm. right? Because he's the king and he's the guy in the whole thing. Yeah. But where I became extremely successful, man, is I would notice I'm more like Gandalf, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I and I read something. This is this could be super dorky, but I read something that Gandalf has more powers than anybody. This is Gandalf the White has more powers than anybody, but he can only use it in emergency situations to protect others yeah how awesome is that man that's great yeah. <laughs> i get goosebumps even thinking about that bro yeah it's wild dude so for fun because <laughs> right now it almost seems like your whole world is pretty much what you do every day because when you're in the editing world and you're in the film world and you're in the video game world everything ties in together what yeah. do you do for fun bro that's tough. Uh, for fun, uh, it, it's funny. I told you I do the the Twitch streaming, and that I started that just because I I play games so much with my friends. I'm like, might as well turn a camera on and and just focus on that. Walk around and have fun. <laughs> yeah, and and I did, and I became an affiliate on Twitch, which is cool. So I get paid for AdSense and everything. No way. Um, but I, I came to learn that Twitch streaming is is another job. Like you have to you turn something on. It's a persona. It's acting. Like you have to perform for people. Right. So honestly, whenever I get the opportunity to just sit down and casually play a game, I love doing that. And then I, I also do like some artwork stuff for fun. Whenever I get bored, I just draw. Do you do sports games at all or no? Um, honestly, NHL I like a lot. Oh. Um, granted, I don't really know too much about it. I just love it. <laughs> um, and then MLB The Show. Really, that baseball games are so hard, man, because you gotta throw it's strikes. Tough, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> you gotta throw strikes. I used to house Stevie in a two yeah. K at the time. It was probably two K, like two K nine or something, bro. Two K ten or uh, something like that. Two <laughs> K and FIFA, I'm so bad at. <laughs> really, I could not play those games if my life depended on it. It was bad. They're so cool, man. I think the Maddens yeah. have gotten real complicated. Yeah, like, those used to be pretty easy, and then. Like they got Madden eight even. Yeah, dude, they get real, real hard. Tony, so, what's your favorite type of music? Uh, I like electronic music. Who's your I'm, number one electronic person? Uh, Odessa. Who is it? Odessa. Odessa. What's a good Odessa song? Is there any that you like? That you um, honestly, the whole the world's or that's Porter Robinson. Um, okay, Porter Robinson. I'd have to say would probably be my favorite. Now that I so, said it. Okay, so Porter yeah. Robertson, what Porter Robertson song? Um, Worlds. Worlds, huh? So yeah. it's electronic. Yeah. Dude. Tony, do you have a lot of people ask you for advice, man? Um, funny you ask. Now that I'm getting older, I'm kind of like more established in my career. 
I am. I, I'm, I used to really not have people asking me for advice when I was just getting started when I was in college. And to be honest, that's totally fair because I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Right. Um, I was in my early 20s, still am, and I hardly know what I'm doing now. I'm just going with the flow of things. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the advice that I you know, gave my friend today, actually, she called me. She just started film school in New York. Um, she's like, how how do you know you, what you want to do? Because film is just so broad. I'm like, honestly, try everything. Just try everything. And the second you like something, jump right into it and put all your energy into that. Tony, you deserve a lot of credit, bro, because a lot of dudes in your position would have just laid back and just chill on Pops' cocktail and just be like, dude, we're, we're running Netflix all day, yeah. same play, and I'm retired, bro. But <laughs> the fact that you found the passion that you were humble enough to talk to Pops and be like, look, man, put me on a set and let me just learn whatever, bro. Where did that come from? I, you know, it came from my dad. <laughs> he, he came from humble beginnings. He's always been humble. Um, I think a perfect example uh, is he drove a 2005 Acura MDX up until like three years ago. <laughs> no way, bro. Yeah, and that, that car had like a hole in the driver's seat. The paint was chipping on it. It was rusted. It, it was it was a it was bad. Like he didn't care. He's humble with things. And like he, one of the most important things he ever taught my sister and I was, you know, the value of a dollar. Because growing up, I'm like, oh, you know, my friends are getting brand new BMWs, brand new, you know, Mercedes for their first cars. And he goes, no. Then what do you have to look forward to? Like what you get that when you're 15, and what are you going to get when you're 20, when you're in your 40s, when you're 50s, when you have a bunch of money, like. You right. give yourself something to look forward to, like be humble. And that was honestly probably one of the best things he taught me. What was your first car? A 2008 Volkswagen CC. Nice. What do you drive now? Uh, I drive a Mercedes GLE 35 AMG. <laughs> what is the GL? Because is that a G Wagon or what's the GLE? It's, a, it's like a, it's a small crossover. Okay. Yeah. It's like the entry level for their SUVs. But AMG, so you're flying all over the place, huh, Tony? No, no, I'm, I'm responsible. I don't have a left foot. That's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious, man. Yeah. Dude, your future. You said directing, right? Being a director, you got to be a good leader. Yeah. Because you got to work with everybody, man. There's a certain ethic when you're on set. And you see these videos of these actors going crazy and people, yeah. you know, like all this stuff, dude. <laughs> How has has baseball helped you in anything with this man, like in this world it, you're in now? It has taught me honestly most of my life lessons when it comes to my career and like get out of here, bro. Situations, yeah. It, I mean, it's taught me how to overcome adversity in a responsible manner, in a respectful way. Uh, you don't lash out. You don't do tantrums. You know, there's no crying in baseball. Um, and uh, you know, you're you're brought up with a problem. And you, you have to learn how to solve it in a, in a good, healthy manner. You can't, you can't be rude to your teammates because you're in a team. It, that's, I think that's the best thing that you can learn in team sports is how to be a team member, whether it be a leader or a follower. Like, you, you are a team, you're a unit. Dude, that's awesome, bro. That is awesome. Yeah. Man. How do you definitely translates to film sets. <laughs> Everyone's a team. You, a thousand percent, bro. Yeah. How do you view social media man because now remember i think there's 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 social media and then there's hollywood and then hollywood yeah. was here now social media is up here hollywood still has its thing but social media almost like it's there how do you view it how do you think about it i think it's a it's a great tool um when it comes to advertising not only a project but yourself and what you could do and it's also great to to interact with people, to meet new people, to to social network, as it is. Right. Um, that being said, the whole social media influencer scene, I feel like when these really young people, you know, get that blue check mark for dancing, you know, on <laughs> Dick Wiggly for Dick Wiggly. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it. I, I feel like it clouds your judgment at a really young age and you don't really learn those valuable lessons. Um, like I, going back to baseball, even like, you know, kids these days, they used to say, Oh, I want to be a basketball player. I want to be an astronaut. Now they're saying I want to be an influencer. Right. right, right Most right, right. influencers are in their twenties. Like 
Right. What are, you, it's hard. what are you gonna do after that? <laughs> it is it listen, I I've always said this, Tony. They don't they don't prepare us men, young men, for for life, bro, in school. I would eliminate algebra, I would eliminate all these bullshit math that don't help us for nothing and yeah. put in empathy, put in human communication, put yeah. in how to be a dude in a relationship, like stuff like that that helps us, man. How to how do how do how do you feel if you don't feel you're popular? Like these things that really matter and help help kids out a lot, man. Because both you and I know I was in Beverly Hills for six years. You've been there your whole life. There are stories of dudes that aren't doing so good that that the fame or the this and that didn't get didn't treat them so well. You know, yeah. and I think we should talk about that more, bro. Absolutely, yeah. It's, podcasts uh, do you do a lot of podcasts and stuff or not really so in, in college i did do a podcast uh, i did a couple actually i did a, a one called the good ship podcast um nice. and that was with a bunch of my fraternity brothers and we just talked about you know current events and we gave our our takes on everything as a fun little thing nice um, and then i i did my own little talk one for a couple episodes um i i called it the delusional optimist Nice. Uh, that's what I label myself as. When people nice, ask, bro. And and they're like, "What does that? What does that mean? Delusional optimist?" I'm like, "That means I'm so optimistic, it's almost to a fault." Like, let's talk I, about that. Okay, let's yeah. talk about that now. Were <laughs> you born that way? Did you make yourself that way? What do you I think? I made myself that way. I was not in a good place mentally, especially after my shoulder thing. Uh, you know, my my weight went up, my self confidence went down. I was angry all the time. Just so many things, you know, just piled onto one another to lead me to what most people would describe as a very not fun person to be around. Really? And that's why when you asked like how my uh, high school experience was, and that's why I said before or after the shoulder injury. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, that, that, yeah. listen, that makes total sense, bro. For us that we've been, I've been playing baseball since I was three years old. It's our thing, man. And yeah. It's so hard because I've always said that people treat athletes not like racehorses because at least racehorses get put out to stud and they have a great life. They treat us like greyhounds, bro. Yeah, we run, we run, run. The minute we're done, see you later. Go back to society. Go, go, figure it out. You know. Yeah. And, and it's so important that you that you said that, man. When was the point, Tony, that you said, you know what, I'm done, bro. I'm gonna be a positive dude. How did that come into play? Um, I was at home and my sister, um, was not doing so well mentally. She was always arguing with my parents, just causing issues. And I had enough of it. And, you know, she was talking crap to me and like, I just got up in her face and I just yelled at the top of my lungs and said, stop, oh, just yelled, stop like, like this close to her face. No way, dude. And I shut her up and she sat down and just started crying and I'm like, do you, I just said, like, reflect on yourself. Like, look at how you're affecting the people around you. Are you really okay with making your brother, me, this upset? You make it so I don't have anyone to talk to when I go home from school if I have a bad day because my parents are too focused, you know, worrying about you. You you make them stressed out. You push your friends away. You bring in bad people. Like, what's, what's wrong with you? Just stop. And then, you know, she kind of got back at me. She's like, well, look at you. You always just build up all this anger and you blow up at times. And like that shocked me. I'm like, oh shit! Like she's right. <laughs> like I hold, I hold. I used to hold so much shit in. Like I, it was bad. And then I hit these boiling points where I just blow up and you know yell at people that are closest to me, and that that's not good. And then I, you know, this was right when I was going away to college too. So this was me going from an environment where I had to hold everything in, never had the opportunity to talk, right, to living alone. <laughs> well not living alone but like living with yeah you know, and like being away from home not having mom or dad or my sister with me and uh and it, it, it taught me a lot too because like when i first went to college my whole mindset was like i'm not going to join greek life that's stupid like i just want to get here get my degree get out right like, I, I don't care and uh you know i luckily i'm so thankful for the people i met my freshman year because they really brought me out of my shell they convinced me to join greek life and uh, it it showed me that there are really great people in this world that really do care about you, regardless of how you look or how you talk or how tall are you or what you eat or anything like that. They, they care about you for you. 
And I'm Dude. like, oh, I could do that. And if I have the power to self-reflect and see how I affect the people around me, then the best thing I could do is just be positive for everyone else. Even if I feel shitty, I want to make sure everyone else feels good. Dude, and it's so being this the number Tony, you're on the number one positive podcast on the internet right now, brother. Okay. We're so here this, for it. This, I'm here for it. This is your home, bro. This is optimist, baby. This is it right here. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. There's the one thing there's a corniness around positivity. Because yeah. I think people get it fake. And to me, see, my story is very different than yours, man. I I'm the biggest failure in the history of Miami baseball by far, bro. My dad beat the shit out of me growing up in front of everybody, in front of my mom. When I would fail, it was horrible, man. And the minute I stopped playing baseball, I always wanted baseball to end because it was ruining my life. And what sucked about it, I was very good, but he blew out my elbow pitching, and it was just a disaster. But little did I know that I would that J-Lo would have a TV show here in Miami that I would start acting. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, Wilhelmina, the modeling agency, had a acting division. I started acting. I got my SAG card through that. I did a film here. I got nominated in the Santa Monica Film Festival, buddy. So I went out there. I, 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 I won Best Actor for a film called Faded, which was pretty cool. And then I lived in a car. I don't know if you know this, but I lived in a car in Los Angeles for six months. I didn't know that. I didn't know a single person I would sleep in a 2000, like a 2000 something Toyota Corolla. How tall are you, Tony? 6'1. So I'm 6'2, right? Yeah. Dude, I had all my belongings in the car. I thought it was January. It'd be sunny California because that's what I saw here from, from Miami. Brother, when I got out there, it was freezing. I was freezing my ass off every night. I would shower and shave. I would sneak into the Equinox on Sunset Plaza. I thought the studios were on sunset. So that's why I slept in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> my first, look how crazy this is, bro. My first class of acting with a gentleman by the name of Gary Austin. Mm -hmm. Gary Austin created the Groundlings. Really? When Gary, when Helen Hunt won her Academy Award for As Good As It Gets, she thanked him. Okay? I'm sitting there and I go to my first class because... If you don't know this, when you live in your car, Tony, and you have all your belongings in your car, and at that time, there's no smartphone, so I couldn't go on YouTube and motivate myself or, or text somebody, whatever, you realize why people go crazy. And I built this mindset there of, if I can make this, if I can get out of this and make to that first class, I'm going to be good. Because I thought I'd be Mr. Social when I got to Los Angeles. And brother, I, I didn't want to leave my car because I thought they were going to steal everything from me. Right. So I just stayed in my car 24-7, bro. I got to this class, Tony T, and this dude is wearing a retro Houston Astros baseball jacket. <laughs> and then he does a baseball analogy. And I go, oh, I got this guy. <laughs> bro, I moved in. He lived in North Hollywood. There was a theater there in Lancashire. That, uh, that That's I where first... I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I'm on Riverside and uh, Colfax. No way, bro. Literally a block away from Lakersham, yeah. Dude, theater there. I think I forgot what it was called. And, I, and he mentioned how similar acting is to baseball. I raised my hand. And what I noticed was, as an actor, what I lacked, Tony, was that I never had my whole life till I became Coach HP was vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I did not know how to be vulnerable. And that changed my whole thing. I was like a robot, bro. How are you good with vulnerability? Funny you ask. <laughs> I uh, literally probably before my whole life, before I went off to Chapman for college, I was the most shut off person ever. Because like not, not only like, you know, you're awkward as a kid. You don't know how to interact with people, yet alone like girls or anything like that. Right. Um just my my dad's work ethic is you know work go home to see the family go to sleep go to work the next day right that type of deal so like i never had the opportunity to openly talk about my feelings before which led to you know the whole issue of me holding everything in right and that includes my vulnerabilities and talking about them and being open about them 
And, you know, one bad relationship after another leading up to, you know, me leaving for college just caused me to put up so many walls, just not do anything. And then I uh, went into college, got a girlfriend, Angel, sweetheart. She is a saving grace for me. Uh, we're not together anymore, which is totally fine. We just had a mutual breakup. Right. But, um, it. She taught me so much about myself and how to love myself for who I nice, am. Nice, bro. And you know, regardless of anything, like I'm forever in her debt for that. Cause ever since then I've become so much, much more of a positive person. I wouldn't do that without her. That is awesome, bro. Yeah. You mentioned weight for dudes weight. Sometimes it's, it's like for chicks, bro, it becomes an issue, man. Yeah. Do you, are you happy now? Do you want to drop more? Are you, how do you view it? I'm I'm working on it. I want to drop more. And I, I do feel for the people who, you know, are in my position that are overweight and do want to drop more and how hard it is. It's not only a physical battle, it's also a mental battle. And trust me, there there are days where I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want I want chicken fingers. I want cake. I want ice cream. <laughs> I, I, I think. You're I'm nice. tired of eating rabbit food all day. Like I give me something good. Let's talk ice cream for a second, bro. Yeah. What's your favorite type of ice cream? Shit. Chocolate chip cookie dough. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I'm so here's my from where? What brand? Uh I'm a big Ben and Jerry's type of guy. <laughs> okay. I've never been a Ben and Jerry's type of person, but brother, if if you give me pralines and cream, how can you lose, bro? If you, if you put a tub of that in front of me, I will eat the entire tub. I don't care if I just have a five course meal, I will eat. All of it. I'll listen to <laughs> me, bro. And I'm also a big, I'm a big McDonald's guy. Mm-hmm. Like literally, Tony, I could eat McDonald's <laughs> every single meal. I could eat McDonald's, bro. Yeah. And but the funny thing is, when I do it, it's almost like an experience. Like I do it in my car, you know. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, like everything, man. If you become an emotional eater, and what you do a lot of people don't know but when you're an editor and you're in that world there's pressure man oh, and yeah. if you and if you take it to food it's where it's it becomes tough well, bro that, that's how i got to where i am and that's what i deal with to this date like regardless of how positive i am like my thing is food if something goes bad in my life i've learned unfortunately that i don't put my hardships on other people i hold it Just, in you hold it and take it to food Food and I make sure other people are happy around me and they're not upset or sad or feeling down because of me. Like I always make sure they're happy, but that puts a lot of pressure on me. All that negative energy just gets reflected back to me and my coping mechanism, whether it be anything is food. It's food. Huh? Are yeah. you, are you training now? Do you have a trainer? Are you uh, dieting? I, I'm at the point where like the training stuff, if I go hard, like my recovery time is so long. So I'm just straight dieting. Nice. Uh, before COVID started, I was doing another really strict dieting stuff. I lost 70 pounds of just nice, different, literally stepped foot in the gym once, um, went through a super nasty breakup, which led directly into the COVID lockdown, which was also me graduating and moving away from Chapman. Right. Um, that Was that breakup with the girl you talked about before? No, no, no. This was, that was my freshman year. This breakup was two or three girls after that. I've always been a relationship guy. I'm not never a hookup type of guy. Never a hookup. You're a relationship kind of. You're a lover, huh? Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no substance to hooking up. No no one night stands. You know that feels empty. Dude, <laughs> let's talk relationships, bro. Yeah. What have you learned about relationships, man? <sighs> what haven't I learned? I felt like I learned more through those in college than college taught me anything. It was uh, people can. What was it? Sometimes you need someone to teach you a lesson about yourself. Right, right. right. There are some things about you that you will never learn until someone else forces you to learn that. Whether that be, you know, carrying your heart on your sleeve, being open about your emotions, uh, just being comfortable in your own body and not worrying about what you look like. Right, 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 right. That and like self-confidence is always a big thing for me. You know, I'm, I'm a big dude. I look in the mirror. I don't like what I see. And uh, I think my the last girlfriend that I had uh, that ended up poorly, unfortunately, she did teach me a lot about my self confidence and to just be comfortable in my skin. Right, 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 right. She she was m- with me when I looked like this. Right. Yeah. 
And to be honest, based off looks, she was completely out of my league. And ask me five years prior if I would ever be with a girl like her, I would have said no. <laughs> yeah, but you got the swag, buddy. Yeah, but you got that. You got that Hollywood swag, dude. That's why. <laughs> You got the well, good see, personality. I didn't that until after I started dating her. She <laughs> made me realize that I had that. Dude, that's why now. So how is it now? I got lucky, bro. I was I was single pretty much almost till I got married. I got I was lucky enough to get married at 37. Mm-hmm. 36, 37, which is a good age for a dude to get married after being yeah. I lived six years in Los Angeles, and then I went four years pretty much single in Las Vegas in the nightclub world, living at the Aria Hotel. And the club that I worked out was in the Bellagio. So, like, totally different, man. Being single now during COVID in a state that is losing the COVID battle big time, that's all I hear, that California is like a disaster. What do you do, bro? Is that are you become the app guy? Are you swiping to right? Like, are we DMing? Are we yeah, sliding I, I, in DMs? What I, are we doing? I tried apps. Uh, I had a couple hookups in college. I've only had bad experiences with them, um, so I, you know, deleted them off my phone. And my whole mindset once I got back out to LA, got my life situated here, was I'm gonna focus on me and my personal happiness, how I look, how I want to feel about myself my job, everything. And if a relationship comes, then it comes. I'm not going to put extra effort to go, go after anything like that. I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to focus on me and me only. That's, that's good, man. That's good. And I'm a, I'm a big believer of, you know, the, the law of attraction. So hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then you go out and then what happens is you go out with your boys and then some girl comes along that you like, and then, then it becomes, yeah. it becomes a natural thing, dude. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, great. And honestly, I'm, I'm super happy right now. I'm happy being single. <laughs> Especially now, man. I, I yeah. think it's uh, at 25, with 24, 25. How old do you said? Uh, 25 in September. At, at tw- you, yeah. you turned 25 in September? Yeah. September what? 7th. Nice, dude. Both yeah. of my kids were born in September. Oh, yeah? It's yeah, a good bro. Month. So that's the month, bro. That's the month. Yeah. Tony, bro, I can't be any more proud of you, man. I'm so happy you came on. I'm so proud of what you're doing. Thank just you. to just to be part of the magic of, of those teams in Beverly Hills, of what the Beverly Hills Little League used to be when I was there for, for being a dude from a Cuban guy from Miami, which running up uh, the score on everybody there at Beverly Hills, everything was crazy, you know? Yeah. Bro, I can't be more proud of you, bro. And I really do think, man, you have, I don't know if you know this or not, where you feel this, but I think where you're at right now in life, you have the perfect combination, bro, of experience with self-awareness, with future. Do you feel you, I feel you're going to do great things, man. Do you feel that too? I I got big aspirations and I'm the only one that could get those. So I, I feel it. I love it, brother. Before yeah. I let you go, Tony, any questions for me, man? Anything I can help you with? I mean, on I kind of want to know, like, what what's your secret? If you're feeling down, what's your secret to to kick yourself back up? Here's the thing, Tony. There's two things you can control in life. Yeah, and they're right there. Your effort and your attitude. So I'll give you an example. Let's say right now you look at yourself in the mirror. You're like, "Fuck, man, I got overweight again." Okay. It happens like this. You lose it like this. Breakup, COVID, whatever, right? But you said it yourself. If you understand that all it takes is one good day, you put it next to another good day. And you and when you make the choice, only we know when we make that choice, that you're going to grab the, the chocolate chip mix and go, you know what, I'm, I'm not doing this. That one time you say no leads to three days. Leads to a week, leads to two weeks, leads to a month. Then you start physically seeing the changes. You, you drop 70, now you drop 20, you drop 30. Now you're at a range where you start feeling happy. The jeans look good. The face looks tight, you know? Yeah. So what I want to tell you is you could only control that. So take it real slow and you can't be hard on yourself. Because, brother, we only got one shot at this life. And what bothers you doesn't bother me and vice versa. So I'm a guy that 
a lot of people say that because of the trauma that I went through, my wires got revamped and I just see positivity in everything. So even when, look, one of the hardest things with me is, and I'll share this with you. As I started becoming more known, when I started, my friends, my so-called friends, everybody hated on me. I was a 37-year-old guy in Miami vlogging in the street, in the baseball field. Imagine in Beverly Hills, I would have been like, what's up, everybody? It's your coach. We're here at the Beverly Hills. People were like, who's this, who's this moron, right? Yeah. The only people that respected me were the little kids. They're like, oh, my God, you're vlogging, whatever. <laughs> so it started like that. I kept going. Then strangers hating on me. I kept going. The interesting part was when I had people, famous people, people that could change your life, promise me things. And then every single one of them is like, they got amnesia. <laughs> and you can't take that personal because you never know when somebody changes their mind. So dude, expectations. Tony, if you can manage your expectations, bro, and put it realistically, it might be, and this might be hard to say, you might have a better chance ever being the greatest editor of all time versus having a six pack. Yeah. I might because it just it just might not be you. That's why the key is happiness, bro. If you could find happiness in whatever that means, and not be delusional, but be like, okay, buddy, you're gonna eat four pizzas today on Sunday. Understand that that's gonna be a problem. You're gonna drink it with Coke. That's gonna be a problem. Or let's get ourselves on a track where there's, like you said. Maybe it's rabbit food, right? But let's find some food that maybe isn't rabbit food, but isn't like, go crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, bro, don't compare. And I don't think you have this problem, but don't compare yourself to anybody. Nah. Don't re remember, man. You don't know what you have because you deal with you 24-7. I've been speaking to you now for almost an hour. All I see is specialness come out of you, bro. Like, like unique stuff, man. Like everything from like even your voice. I'm like, bro, I don't know. You had this, you have this like cool, almost like like country voice, like it's weird kind of thing. You probably don't say that to yourself because you hear your voice every day, right? right? Yeah. You have a full set of hair, bro. I lost my hair, right? <laughs> so celebrate what you have. Bro, you know how many people wish they were six one? A lot, bros. A lot of dudes that are five six that ain't doing so, right? Yeah. So okay, I got the height, I got this, I got that. Now let me just slow it down. Go slow with this. Okay, I'm going to be editing for 14 hours. Am I going to bring my treats? Am I going to bring a little bit of peanut, my waters, whatever? Or am I going to do what all these guys do is wait till after 14 hours? Hey, we're ordering pizzas and go crazy. So you always got to be protecting yourself, Tony, against what can bring you down that you know already brings you down. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like literally, like literally have like, in, like in case of emergency, hit this. <laughs> you got to have that on you in everything you do. And if you do that, you'll never go down the rabbit hole because you'll stop yourself always. Yeah. Smart. What, what do you think of that? That's good. That's exactly what I asked for. I don't, I don't know. That's great. I love it. Oh, you're the man, bro. Before we let you go, dude, where can people find you? What's what new projects? Yeah. What are we talking about? Hit them with they it. Could, uh, they can find me on Instagram with uh, at Tony underscore Sarandos, just Tony underscore my last name. Uh, I'm that on all platforms, um, even TikTok, even though I don't use it or post there. <laughs> um, what about Twitch? Yeah. Hit him with that Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. It's Pixel Storm Arcade. One word: Pixel Storm Arcade. Follow me on Twitch if you want to just hang out, watch some video games, have some fun. Um, but yeah, in Instagram, Twitch, all those places. That that's where you can find me. Your local delusional optimist. There it is, dude. That's the that's the movie. That movie's coming. The story's coming. Yeah. Listen, don't go. I'm gonna say bye to the railway. Let me end this. Hold on. Yeah. Boom. There was. Thank you again, Tony. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast. Anything you need from me, reach out at Coach HP on Instagram, the Coach HP at gmail.com email reach out with your questions reach out with anything i'm gonna start answering some questions on the air too let's keep it going let's keep the positivity going let's keep the communication going at the end of the day please remember to keep going hard and do your thing 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.